This is the Shrimps Verdicts podcast. All opinions expressed to those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or of Beyond Radio. Every kick, every game, every goal. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. Cooper cross comes in does it from Abdeline now here's Joe Allen right hand side ball now does come in very deep Balassi wins the header it's headed towards goal and that's a really good save by Adam Smith it was a fine header from Charlie Patino eight yards out got plenty of power behind that as he cranks his neck from the left side cross and at full stretch to his right hand side Adam Smith just about gets his fingertips on it and over the bar it goes good chance good save Midway inside the Swansea half with Nathan Wood. He's going to go into the feet of Pedersen. Swansea number three, out towards Yannick Balassi, left-hand side. Former Crystal Palace man cuts inside. Joel Cena then curls it beautifully, almost into the top corner. That's what Premier League quality gets yet. I think that time Adam Smith may have been grasping at thin air as it arrowed towards the top corner and it is just over the crossbar. Here comes Swansea in the Morecambe half with Wood out towards Sam Parker. Right-hand side, cutting in, crosses it towards the back post, flag stays down, it's over the line and within the first 60 seconds after the restart, Swansea City take the lead and for all of Morecambe's excellent defensive play in the first half, we were undone really by uh, just a nice easy ball in from the right-hand side from Sam Parker and it's forced over the line, trickles over the line really from close range and on 47 minutes it's Swansea City 1, Morecambe 0 and all of the Shrimps good excellent defensive work in the first half has been undone. And it's Charlie Patino with it, it was an easy finish really in the end for the midfielder he has looked very very busy very lively indeed in the first half but that is that is heartbreaking absolutely heartbreaking because we have defended so unbelievably well in the first half and it was just an easy ball over the top by Sam Parker he was allowed to drift in from the right hand side just a little chip ball really and we just didn't trap Patino and from five six yards out it's a scruffy finish, I didn't think uh, he got much on it really, but enough to get it past Smith and it trickles over the line to give the Swans an early lead for the championship side right at the start of this second half. Patino up and over, looking for the run. The substitute, Patterson, it's into the back of the net for 2-0 and that will seal Swansea City's place in round four. It's Jerry Yates and he's been kept so, so quiet for the whole of this game this Saturday tea time but a striker of Yates' quality just needs half a sniff and that's all it took for him to find the bottom corner of Adam Smith's net low down to his left hand side edge of the area wasn't picked up and he just swivelled on the edge of the box and just sweeps the ball into the bottom left hand corner of Adam Smith's net and with three minutes to play here in South Wales, 
It's Swansea City 2, Morecambe 0. And Jerry Yates' last act, the former Blackpool striker, is to score the goal that probably seals Swansea's place in round four. And that is such a shame because Morecambe have given an unbelievable account of themselves here this Saturday evening in South Wales. We have defended so, so solidly, so robustly. But again, against the championship team, just one little moment of switch off. And that's all it takes for the ball to hit the back of the net. We'd marked Jerry Yates completely out of the game up until that point. Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimps' verdict on Beyond Radio. Out towards Norton. Patino. Back to Mac Grimes, the influential central midfielder for Swansea City. Referee puts the whistle to his lips, brings proceedings to a close, and it's not to be for the Shrimps. Not history makers this season in the FA Cup, but Morecambe fans, you can be so, so proud of Jed Brandon's men this Saturday early evening. We defended resolutely for large parts of the game, and it was just a couple of moments of quality from the championship side, and just a couple of half-second moments of switching off for the Shrimps. I mean, the final score here, Swansea City 2, Morecambe 0. Goalless at half-time, Morecambe defended for their lives, but Swansea City, in fairness, didn't really offer very much going forward. They had lots of possession, lots of touches in Morecambe's half, but didn't create that into clear goal-scoring opportunities. Not plentiful ones anyway. Patino had a header really well tipped over the bar by Adam Smith after 14 minutes. A Yannick Balassi pile driver from the edge of the area whistled just over the crossbar seven minutes before the interval from the former Crystal Palace man. But that was the closest that Swansea have come to opening the scoring. The deadlock unbroken at half-time was exactly what Morecambe deserved. And for all of their resolute defensive work in the first half, it all came undone less than two minutes after the restart. And it was Charlie Patino with it, crossed from the right-hand side from Sam Parker. And we just switched off for just half a second. And that's all it took for Patino to ghost in at the back post. It was a scruffy, scrappy finish. He didn't get anywhere near the connection on him that he was looking for, but it was enough just to trickle past Adam Smith and uh, over the line and into the back of the net. After then, in fairness, Swansea did control the game for large parts. Morecambe huffed and puffed. We brought uh, quite a number of attacking players on towards the end of the game, trying to get back into it. And it was 2-0 late on in proceedings. And it was Jerry Yates with the clinching goal. We'd kept him so, so quiet all game, the former Blackpool striker. Had him in, his, in our pockets, really, for large parts. But all good championship strikers need is just half a yard of space. And that's all that Yates needed on the edge of the area. Ball fell fortuitously to him. And with his left foot, he swept it past the left hand of Adam Smith into the bottom corner uh, to seal Swansea City's place in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Morecambe players walking off. Utterly dejected here, you have to say, at the Swansea.com stadium. 
And you can see why, because we put in such a shift, an amazing effort from Morecambe, given the team that we had to feel for, for various reasons this uh, Saturday tea time. No Eli King in the match day squad. Tom Bloxham and Michael Mellon and Adam Mayer were only fit enough to be on the bench. We had to play Chris Stokes from the start. Oscar Threlkeld played his uh, first game for Morecambe from the start. Charlie Brown was leading the line. Jake Taylor started. We had to change our formation to a back three as well. But so, so much for Jed Brannan to be super, super proud of his Morecambe squad. What happens in the coming days in terms of the transfer window and particularly our loan signings remains to be seen. Michael Mellon, Eli King, Tom Bloxham have all done so well, haven't they, for us in the first half of the League Two season. I think it's fair to say an interesting few days lie ahead in terms of possible squad movement for Jed Brannan's men. But one thing is for sure, Morgan can be super, super proud with their efforts. Not quite to be, not quite history makers and getting into the fourth round for the first time in the club's history. But a performance to be absolutely proud of here in South Wales. Well, Jed, a 2-0 FA Cup defeat to Swansea today. Uh, always going to be a tough game if you, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. The top players are they? obviously in the Championship. They've got good players right the way through the team. But you know what I'm proud of the lads today? They come out, they come out here. Um, stuck to a game plan we had, I think we had four players on the pitch who had played hardly no minutes this season so to get through that game they come off the pitch I said more or less carried them off they were absolutely brilliant so I was made up with them You mentioned that some players coming in for, for first starts and, and rare starts what was the thinking behind that? Injuries sickness uh, this week I think we, we had only had eight subs on we could have had nine we only had eight today because uh, Eli pulled his groin yesterday so we couldn't put him off that was our full squad we had, we had two 18 year olds on the bench listen this is not excuses they're all good players anyway but uh, Blocko being sick even our goalkeeper Adam was sick today so he done brilliant made a couple of great saves um, Michael who else was the Adam Adam Mayer Thysrain he done well to come on the last 20 minutes so we had injuries and sicknesses right through the squad but it's not an excuse they still play great they couldn't have played any better today anyway they made 11 changes. It was always going to be tough here. You had to work hard. But we look back at the first goal, which is so vital to this game, and it does look offside. No VAR here. There's VAR in other places in the FA Cup. It doesn't seem quite right, does it? It doesn't. No, it's not fair, is it? It, it looked offside to me, especially the way the lads defend the first half. So disciplined. And Brennan, obviously, we were going out second half to get to 15 minutes, and then we are going to make changes then. But to give a goal away like that, and it's offside, it's just so disappointing. It kills our whole rhythm. and it spoils the day really what was your only disappointment for you really was you didn't really test their goalkeeper at all yeah but you've got to remember what team we had out today we had as I said we had lads who haven't hardly played any minutes so and we had all the so called forwards really on the bench all with injuries or sickness but I'm happy with the way the lads played today I think if we, we showed that discipline every game and that commitment and the effort I think we'll be fine this season and I think the fans appreciated the effort today didn't they at the end how good were the fans today? Were we the home team or the away team? They were absolutely... All you could hear is them singing the whole game. Right to the end, they stayed to the end, all giving us, uh, clapping the players off the pitch. Our away fans are absolutely brilliant. And our home fans are good, but our away fans especially, very, very good. We've got a chance to see something of Gwyn Edwards say. I know he's not played for a long time, but how did he do for you? He looks a player for me. I was made up the way he played today. He looks sharp. And he hasn't played many games as well, so he looks sharp and he, 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 knows, how to, he knows how to play the lad. He's, Great feet, goes forward really quickly. So I'm looking forward to getting him in the team. 
I sense it's going to be a busy couple of weeks for you players perhaps going back to loans and new signings for you as well are you going to be never off the phone the next few weeks? Well they haven't been off the phone the last week so if it's anything like that yeah uh, obviously there'll be comings and goings in, in the club um, we've got our eye on a few players anyway so we'll see what happens You've got a few players lined up for those that do go if they do go? Yeah 100% um, we've got a few lads lined up ready to come in we're just waiting on next week to find out if the, like, the club's calling back which it's no doubt they will because they've all done really, been really successful here at, at Morecambe so when you're successful you get punished sometimes as a small club so they'll all get called back to the clubs I would have thought and we'll have other players to come in So back to the league next week could be a new team for you. Could be, yeah. They will have to watch this space. I don't know what's going to happen yet. Yeah, we'll, we'll have a speak to the board of tomorrow and Monday and see what happens and see what we've got available. Do you get a sense that the board are going to be behind you as much as they can be? Well, to be fair, after what's been going on at the club, they've been behind me 100% all the way. Ben and Rod and the chairman have been great. Back me. They've said they're going to back me with the transfer, so hopefully they will, yeah. Well, Farron, a 2-0 defeat to Swansea today. Just your overall thoughts on the game first. Um, I think it was, a, it, was a, it was a game of little chances and I think that's a credit to ourselves. I think we frustrated them for the majority of the game, especially the first half. I think we were, we were organised, we were disciplined and um, we were limited to very, very few chances, which is a credit to ourselves. And then, obviously, second half there... They've come out with a bit of momentum and um, we've uh, we've tried our best to, to pen them back again. And uh, unfortunately, I think obviously the rumour going around is the first goal could possibly have been offside. But that's what you need VAR for, I think. But um, no, um, frustrating to concede the two goals. But on the whole, we've got to look at it. We've come come here, come to come to their ground and um, we've put in a uh, structured performance. We've tried to be dogged. We've tried to be hard to beat and... Um, I think for the majority, I think a lot of the lads can hold their heads up high with the performance. It was a, the fans came and it was amazing. There was loads of them, and it's a long journey. I know, I know how hard it can be to get here, but they were here in force. You could hear them, and it was a, it was a good occasion. Yeah, it was a good occasion. Probably the timing of that first goal as well. Just two minutes after the break, after you had frustrated them the whole first half, that was a bit of a killer as well, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, um, we don't conceding so early makes it, makes it tough, and and you got the rest. But then again conceding early you've got the the rest of the game the rest of the 45 to try try uh re-erect it and um i think um we stuck in there uh, every person to a man i think everyone came off there knackered the lads who came on they gave his energy and um like i said it's all about building now i think obviously january is going to be an interesting time for us as a club and and it's now, now it's about building and it's about um trying to stump our authority and and going back in the right direction interesting time indeed with a game against a team like Mansfield at home next week, a big, big game for you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Obviously, two uh, two tough games coming up, but um, like I said, is there's nothing to fear. Do you know what I mean? Um, as on our day, I always say that we can cause anyone a problem, and um, we'll be looking to doing that on uh, next Saturday. And then I think it's MK Dons away. So two tough games, but um, nothing to fear. Things to look forward to, and. Um, well, next weekend we'll be at home in front of our crowd and they always uh, get the place bouncing and get behind us so um, we'll be working hard this week to um, to get the um, second half of the season underway and, and start, it, start it well January's always tough you said the word interesting there because you never quite know who's going to come in who's going to go out what's going to happen between those two weeks there tends to be two weeks of core activity it must be quite hard as a player to just quite know what's going on a fundamental fund- um, no, not really. Really, the job is the job stays the same for us. Obviously, um, 
we trust in the gaffer and the, the staff he's bringing in and that they'll bring in they'll bring good quality players and for us it's just about accepting accepting them get them in the group get them settled as, as quick as possible because January is a tough time to move as you can imagine so it's get them settled which we'll do and and, and get them fighting fighting our corner do you know what I mean and um, like I say we've got some really good characters in that dressing room really good guys who, uh, who are here to here to help us everyone's going to help everyone to, to push through with the rest of the season and hopefully make it a successful one it's the Shrimps Verdict podcast part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio this is Dave Salmon thanks so much for turning us on today and downloading this episode really appreciate it and thanks as ever for your eyes and ears on Shrimps Live the only place where you can hear full match commentary of every single Morecambe game this season right here on Beyond Radio and of course via I Follow Shrimps as well and a very happy new year too if I've not spoken to you in the first week of 2024 so back to league action then for uh, Jed Brannan's men uh, this coming Saturday that's the 13th of January and it uh, doesn't get any easier really does it uh, the, tr- the visit of Mansfield Town to the Mazuma and uh, I think pound for pound we've seen ev- all of the top teams play haven't we obviously we got uh, beaten 6-0 by Wrexham 5-0 by Notts County got a very creditable draw and a deserved draw as well against Stockport County but for my money I think pound for pound Mansfield Town are the best team uh, that I've seen in League 2 this season and I absolutely believe that they are going to get automatic promotion uh, at the end of April uh, so not going to be easy for Jed Brannan's men but we know what we can do against the big clubs certainly at home with a big uh, home crowd uh, supporting us as well if you're not heading down to the Mazuma on Saturday full match commentary as ever of course on FM and DAB and I follow from just before 2.55 look forward to your company there ahead of the game I've been talking to Craig Priest Craig is the presenter of the fantastic Mansfield Matters online fans channel podcast and the ideal man to get the full lowdown on Nigel Clough's men Craig, thank you for jumping back on our podcast. Last time we spoke, I was on holiday in Greece and we had all sorts of uh, dodgy Greek Wi-Fi issues, which uh, we managed to just about overcome. The weather's a bit colder now, of course, and lots has happened in in those uh, five months since. Uh, before we get to, down to matters on the pitch, uh, give us the sales pitch and everything we need to know about Mansfield Matters. Oh, Christ, where to start? Yeah, well, it's good to see you without Greek Wi-Fi. I can actually see your face this time rather than uh, pixels. Uh, Mansfield Matters well, started many a moon ago when we are in the conference. It started out as a radio show, uh, Friday night phoning on a local community radio station, quickly evolved into match day commentary when we were down in the doldrums. And then seven years ago, got revived uh, when myself and a couple of friends were at a pre-season friendly sort of thinking, what can we do to talk about stags? I mean, none of us were, were big drinkers. None of us really went to the pub. Uh, one of the lads in the group had just uh, gone fully blind after years of being partially sighted. So wanted an excuse to sort of build his confidence up and talk about stags. And seven years later, we're still going. We've done a little bit of commentary for a, for a season or so when we got to the playoffs. But yeah, we're still sort of... Uh, stumbling along as you could say and following the the fortunes or is that misfortunes of, of Mansfield Town but who knows this year year seven it could actually finally be the one where the final episode of the series says the one where we won promotion I've cursed and, it now well yeah yeah you have jinxed it now I suppose Craig but uh, the one thing I would say is obviously we've played everybody in uh, league uh, two this season and uh we went toe-to-toe with Stockport got a, a, a draw a very very well-deserved draw 
We got absolutely hammered at Wrexham. We got absolutely annihilated by Notts County. But with Wrexham and Notts County, Craig, they blow hot and cold, don't they? They can be amazing on their day. But they can also have off days where, where you can get them. And unfortunately, we caught both clubs when they had a really, really good day and we weren't the best version of ourselves. I have to say, all things considered, I think pound for pound, Mansfield have been the team that I've been the most impressed with this season in terms of not just consistency, and obviously that's borne out in your results, but but certainly in terms of the overall squad as well. I think it's a patience thing with Mansfield Town. We've not got a squad this season which has been built over the summer. We're in a position now where we've built ourselves up over the last three, four years, ever since Nigel Clough has walked through the door, to get ourselves in the best possible position that we can to try and go and achieve promotion. And this season, I think it, it says it all, really, that we are a patient side. We try and break teams down. We hold on to the ball for longer than what a lot of other teams in League Two do. We're content to knock it across the back four for 20, 30 passes before even making a move into the opposition half. And we're just patient with it. But what we have done is... We've got that side of our game. But we've also got a side of our game where defensively we're structured now, where we wasn't in previous seasons, which really did cost us. Said it all last season when we fell one goal shy of uh, finishing in the playoffs. And this year we, we don't tend to have that. Christy Pym, since he's coming on a permanent, the goalkeeper has been an absolute revelation. Kept clean sheet after clean sheet, really proving difficult to beat, making match-winning saves. Aidan Flint in front of him, the captain, has been... An absolute rock at this level. Really lucky to have him. Local lads could easily be playing championship level football still, but just shows players are buying into what Nigel Clough's doing. And you're absolutely spot on when you, you talk about Notts County and Wrexham blowing hot and cold. The Notts County game away at Meadow Lane, the first time we've played them since they came back into the Football League, the Nottinghamshire Derby. We absolutely turned them over. They scored an early goal, early doors, and really had us on the back foot. But after that, we were all over them. They didn't really get a touch of the ball and they blew cold. And you look at some of their results and you you, you think, how on earth are they actually managing to maintain where they are? And uh, it's a strange, strange league. I think out of all the sides this year, when you look at our results, we are a consistent side, but it's it's not necessarily that consistency. It's foundations and patience and a level-headedness from the very bottom all the way to the very top. And whether or not that proves the difference, well, we'll see in another 23 games time. Now, slight caveat, Craig, we're talking before your league game against Crew Alexander on Saturday in our FA Cup tie away at uh, Swansea City, which we're looking forward to very much indeed. Bit of a break away from, from, from uh, the league action. But uh, as it currently stands, as we're talking, you've lost just once, haven't you, in the league all season at the halfway point. You've got to be really pleased with that. If you'd have said to me at the start of the season that, in the new year, you'll have beaten the league leaders twice. You'll be second in the division with two games in hand, two points behind and having lost once. I'd have laughed in your face and called you an idiot because it, it just didn't seem possible. But for whatever reason, I, I think it's like I was talking about before, that that patience, that consistency, that solidity, which we, we've built over time, we've managed to do it. And I actually think it, it's been a blessing in disguise that we actually were knocked out of the FA Cup in the first round and, we, all right, we had our Carabao Cup run, which did help momentum a little bit and sort of get bums on seats and build that excitement up a, a little bit. But at the end of the day, we've got one thing to focus on now, and that's Sky Bet League 2. We've got a squad to, to, to cope with it and to deal with it, providing we don't lose any of those key hitters in the January transfer window, which I don't see. And it's, it's just amazing. And actually, when you analyse the game which we did lose away at Swindon, it was a last-minute goal we conceded. And arguably, we should have been out of sight, 
there's possible claims that that goal shouldn't have, have stood anyway. But like I say, one league game defeat after 23 is amazing. And if you can replicate what we've done in the first half of the season, in the second, I can't believe I'm about to say these words. That's championship winning form. That's championship winning football. And I can't believe I'm saying that because I didn't believe that we, we were capable of doing it. What do you put it down to then? Is, is it Nigel Clough? Is it you've got a better squad this season? Is it all the gods conspiring in your favour? What's, what's, what's changed this season? I think it's the one thing in football which 99% of other clubs don't allow a manager. Time. Time to build. Time to develop a club and push a club forward on and off the pitch. When Nigel Clough came in in, in that horrendous COVID season, you know, we'd not won a game under Graham Coughlin. We were staring relegation in the face. We look absolutely shot and devoid of all confidence. We've completely turned around that squad now. Not many actually remain from it. We've got rid of a, a lot of players who were on ridiculous wages, ridiculous money. All right, some might say that it's come a little bit of that sort of bitters in the backside, Andy Cook being one of them. Um, but he was on stupid money for, for, the, for the time and we brought in essentially three players on the wage that he was on. Um, he's brought in people that he's trusted and what he's what he's done over the transfer windows he's had is not panic. He's not gone. I'm going to spend X amount of the chairman's money in one transfer window. I'm going to build pieces of this jigsaw and be really, really patient over two, three, four transfer windows. And I think when I was talking about, I didn't believe that we, we couldn't be a championship push inside at the start of the season. I attribute that to having so many injuries. We lost Alfie Kilgore early doors. who was an absolute mammoth signing for us in, in January. Nobody would have saw Lewis Brunt coming in as a young player with hardly any league experience, filling that gap superbly. He's done exactly that. Nobody would have saw, you know, Elliot Hewitt, who was a player of the season last season for us. He got injured towards the back end of last season with three or four games to, to go. Nobody would thought that we could replace him but Jordan Bowery who's, who's an out and out striker by trade is now a, a world class defender plays right back left back centre back if you chucked in the goalie gloves he'd, he'd play between the sticks it's that commitment and that attitude across all of the players we've got within our dressing room which I think has put us in in this position and our form I completely attribute it to that it's a building project and one where the chairman the CEO have sat back and said the immortal words, which I don't think any manager gets, we trust you. And here's the difference. Salford City have had years and years of years of owners demanding League One football and demanding that they finish in the top three or the, play or the playoffs. But they've never, ever given a manager time to build a squad. Each manager that comes in wants to have their different ideas. Each manager that comes in wants different players. And even then it's taken out of their hands. They've trusted... Nigel Clough of John and Carolyn Radford at Mansfield to build that squad, to pick us up out of the, the SH1T and really give us focus on and off the pitch. And you can't buy that. You, you, you cannot buy that sort of support. And ultimately, that's what it boils down to. And if we don't achieve promotion this season, there's still a part of my head which goes, they'll just give him another year because of, of what, he do, what he's done. Although it has to be said, there's only one team now that can stop Mansfield Town getting promotion, and that is Mansfield Town. I don't disagree, Craig. I don't disagree at all. I, I think you're you're confident, and 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 you're you're right to be confident. But I think from a Mansfield Town fan's point of view, is it fair to say that you can take um, how can I put this a little bit more comfort, perhaps that 
it has been a sort of more organic. Yes, you've got good players in, and yes, you've made good signings, and you've made one or two key loan signings. Of course you haven't, but you've not bought the league. You know, you've not done a Wrexham, and, uh, well, we're just going to bid a seven-figure sum for the best striker in Scotland at the moment, or, or whatever it might be. It's been more of a project, and, and I suppose ultimately that's going to be much more satisfying if it happens. Yeah, and that's exactly what it is. You know, we look at this time last year, there were rumours of Ollie Hawkins and George Lapsley going to um, to Gillingham and they ended up going and we were sitting here thinking, why on earth have we done that? Well, actually, in retrospect, that's freed up wages for four players and we've brought in quality in areas. We're no longer filling square pegs in round holes. We've got players across the squad who can play in multiple positions and it is that process. We've tried, Mansfield have tried and have historically brought the league when we won the conference we brought the league we brought players so Luton Town couldn't buy them so other teams around us couldn't do it we had to to get out of that division we've probably tried to do it in the past in league two when we're under David Flickcroft and we got to the the playoff semi-finals we invested in January in in high profile players which didn't quite pay off and in under Steve Evans we did the same we brought players and chucked money at it and it's failed. And I think what the owners have done is they've had a long time at this football club. They came in at a time where, you know, we were locked out of the ground. There was, we weren't barely getting 2000 fans. We're selling out every single week. Now we, we demanding extra fans. We're even trying to trial in, in one of our upcoming home games where we're actually getting a little bit of the away end back and starting to get more, more in. It's been a long learning curve for them. And I think their learning curve matched with, the experience and knowledge of Nigel Clough and patience and relationship they've built with him says it all. You know, people will talk about Wrexham buying the league and they are because they've got the Hollywood money to, to do it. But will it get them promotion? It might do. But will it cause them problems in two or three years' time? Absolutely it was. It would. Case in point, every single club that Steve Evans has walked into and demanded a big checkbook, Crawley, they got promoted, had a good couple of years, Massive financial trouble, ended up having to, to sell. Rotherham, the same. You know, Basically, anywhere he's been, he's delivered success in the short term, but the long term has not been there. What I feel with Mansfield right now is we've not had success in the short term over the last two or three seasons, but the long-term success is there. And I think the long-term security is there. Because right now, if we get promoted to League One, do we need to add six, seven players to stay in the league? No, we don't. We've got that capability now. And that is the difference between us and Wrexham and Stockport and whoever that are throwing money at it. It's patience. And that's the key. Let's look at that squad then, Craig, if we may. Um, I think it was a back three, wasn't it, when we played back in the middle of August? Tell us everything that we need to know, because not many Morecambe fans will have made the trip to the One Call Stadium uh, all those months ago in the sunshine. Um, what do we need to know? Formation, players to watch. Tell us everything. It's an interesting one, Mansfield, at the minute. They've mixed it up over the last couple of games or so, but traditionally, Nigel Clough has played a, a solid back four, which will barely change. I reckon I could name the back four for you now. It'll be Jordan Barry at right back, Aidan Flint, uh, probably Bailey Cargill will partner him at centre-back, and then it'll be um, either Callum McDonald or Stephen McLaughlin, depending on who's fit at, at, at left-back or who's chosen. This is the thing, we've got four or five different permutations there. We tend to play... Um, away from home, a little bit more adventurous. So we'll probably go for a 4-2-3-1 and be really attacking in that midfield. So it will almost become a 4-2-4. We don't play with that much 
width in terms of an out-and-out winger, but we allow players to drift. We like to get on the ball in front of our back four and and, and play it out. Um, Aidan Flint, the captain, obviously everybody will know about him with with the career he's got. Um, he's a real solid addition for us. But even when he doesn't play, we've got players in there. Well, he's only not played in cup games, but we've got the players in there that are capable of filling in for him. Midfield-wise, it will, again, depend on who's available, who's fit. We've obviously got uh, Lewis Reed, who was at Swindon. He likes to get on the ball. George Maris, an excellent uh, midfielder as well. But we've had Lewis Brunt playing in there in the last two or three games and, and playing really, really well. The question will be at the minute, the forward line, because on New Year's Day at, at Stockport, um, Reese Oates went off injured early doors, which was a real shame just after he'd sort of come back from a previous injury. Um, but it'll probably be Lucas Aikens that leads the line. We've got Stephen Quinn in there. He'll play on the left-hand side of midfield. And then it'll probably be the, the danger man. Everybody knows is, is Davis Keeler Dunn, who's bagging goals for fun. Um, signed in January last year. He's got 20 goals, league goals since he signed for us in that January. Something like 13 this season. Doesn't look uh, look like stopping at all. So he's the the one to watch. But um, really, I think the 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 underrated one is is Christy Pym, the goalkeeper, which is surprising to say when you know we're second in the league and with only one defeat, he makes some tremendous match-winning saves, saves which you don't think think possible. He sees things which others don't, and he's been a real reliable uh, number one for us. So in terms of what to look out for, I think it's just look out for our resilience. You know, even if we go a goal down, we'll come back at you, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll get on the ball and we'll, we'll put you under real pressure. There's not too many times where we've had, you know, panicking, break glass in case of emergency situations this year. Because I think we've got a, a belief within within us that we can push on and uh, and do teams real damage. Now, where well, you had a, a very very good home record until very recently, you had a very proud unbeaten home record. Actually, obviously a mixed bag away from home, but uh, it's been two draws and two defeats in our last four home games. Granted, one of those was was a, a very good draw against Stockport County, but uh, our home form's gone gone to pieces a, a little bit. But from what you say. Even if we were on top of our game at uh, at uh, the Mazuma, you're going to give us a, a very good fight indeed. Yeah, we are, and I think it, it's it's one of those things with Mansfield at the moment where, as long as we don't lose the the crew game before, but even if we did that, I think we'd just because we'd 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 have tasted defeat. We'll come back bouncing. I just I, I don't know what it is about us this season. We just no matter where we go, I think away from home we we're probably better than what we are at home. Sometimes we've got a travelling support who it wouldn't surprise me if it sells out because pretty much most of our away games sell out. We make a lot of noise away from home. We like to upset the apple cart a little bit and we're just focused on whatever it is that we're doing. I genuinely think that this Mansfield town side at the moment could play on your local recreation park and still play the same football and play the way and keep the focus. I just think it's, it's just something which has been drilled within us at the minute. It'll be... An interesting game, I think, because I think a lot of our fans, the difficulty is, I think, at this point in the season, and I think a lot of outsiders will see it as well. I think you might have mentioned it a little bit as well, that we're right to be confident. But I think there's a, a little bit in there as well that even with that confidence, there's a little bit of an underlying fear from from Mansfield fans. But I, I just think there's something about us this year that's just happy to uh, to go and try and spoil the party a little bit. Is it fair to say, Craig, that you don't over have uh, over reliance on loan players either? That's the one problem where where, where Morecambe have this season is uh, our best performers have been young loanees, and of course, January transfer window 
you get the scenario where the young loan players do a little bit too well, unfortunately, which is great for you at the time. But then January comes and, well, you know the rest. But not, not yeah. quite the case with you. No, never fall in love with a lone player, as they say. Um, as we speak on, you know, the 3rd of January, we've only got one lone player in, which is Lewis Brunt. He's here on a season-long loan. Um, he was only brought in because Alfie Kilgore was was injured. Um, he's been a real breath of fresh air for us. He's not really got much experience outside of Mans- playing for Mansfield in, in terms of the league, which I think will, will stand us in good stead. We've got a good relationship, it seems, with the, with the parent club as well. So... I see that his loan will continue. I don't see that he'll be uh, uh, be, be be called back or anything because he's playing regular football week in, week out. So um, we might even delve into the chairman's checkbook a little bit and possibly buy him. The dog says that he wants to buy him. So there you go. <laughs> but that's the uh, that, that's the risk, I suppose, Craig, isn't it? So you can over-rely on the loan players, but if you've got that squad and they're all absolutely signed on the dotted line, down boy, um, if they're absolutely signed on the dotted line and you know they're not going anywhere, that gives you that extra well, reassurance, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's 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 one of those things. I think we've definitely been guilty of relying on lone players in previous seasons. I'm thinking back now to the David Flickcroft era, era and we had Tyler Walker on loan who was bagging goals for fun on loan from Nottingham Forest and there was always rumours about him being recalled and sent to a high level. And then, you know, you just get other players who come in and in fact, I can think of the prime example where it doesn't work. I'm going back two seasons now to when we got to the playoff final under Nigel Clough and... Uh, we had Jamie Murphy on loan from uh, from Scotland. Four young kids based up in Scotland. It's not an easy commute to, to Mansfield from Scotland, let me tell you. And he wasn't staying down here full time, so he wasn't training with us full time. Uh, but then obviously when the back end of the season sort of hits, he was having to be down here more because the games were coming thick and fast. Imagine in any other scenario being away from your young family of four, four young children and a wife and for that amount of time sleeping in hotel rooms, not really being settled. It does affect a player and it does affect a team as a result of that. And I think Nigel Clough and John and Carolyn Radford, the the owners, have realised that and have therefore invested in longevity in us. You know, we've got a fair few players that are out of contract in, in the summer, but I've got under no illusion whatsoever that we'll be having some contract extensions announced probably in the next few weeks or so. And, uh, you know players that we do bring in, if we do bring anybody in, will not be signed until the end of the season. They'll be brought with a view to playing in League One next year. There'll be two, three-year contracts. And again, it, that's the difference. It's building a squad that's going to last you rather than doing things on the cheap. You know what they say? If you if you buy cheap, you buy twice. A sound advice there, I think, Greg. Let's just talk very quickly about uh, players who play for both clubs. I was going to talk to you about Reese Oates. Looking forward to seeing him back at the museum, but it doesn't sound as if he's going to be uh, playing unfortunately, well, maybe fortunately for us, perhaps. But uh, uh, Farron Rawson, of course, uh, who's uh, almost certainly going to be starting the game because uh, one of our other lone uh, players, a central defender, has gone back to Bristol Rovers. So uh, it's almost certainly that Faz will be uh, lining up against you next Saturday. Yeah, I've a lot of time for Faz. He's a lovely bloke off the pitch. I'm sure you've interviewed him a fair few times as well. He always has a smile on his face and uh, talks a good game. Good, solid defender, but unfortunately for us under Nigel Clough, didn't really get the game time that he uh, wanted to and was with us at a time, a turbulent time in that COVID season. He's obviously got a good reputation and uh, and things like that as well. So looking forward to, to seeing how he does. Knowing that, look, he'll probably pop up and score against us as uh, he's got a habit of doing against uh 
former clubs. And uh, yeah, I guess maybe a little bit fortunately for you and unfortunately for us, there'll be no sign of uh, research. Not yet had a diagnosis, so we're not quite sure how bad it is, but he was taken off early doors and he didn't see, appear to be moving very well on, uh, on, on his feet. So uh, I imagine the Morecambe trip may just be one weekend too soon because that's another thing which Mansfield have a not done too much of this season and B not had the the need to to do it and that's rush players back from injury um, and I think again that's another tick in, in the box of reasons why we are where we are so my final question to you then Craig is uh, are you going up this season I, I, I know what the one word answer is but uh, confirm that for us maybe <laughs> I'm never going to pay I, I mean let's be honest like I said earlier if there's only one team to stop Mansfield Town now from getting promotion, and that is Mansfield Town. Um, we've historically been uh, the team that undoes our own work and 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 things in previous seasons. But there is something about us this year, which means if if we don't go up from the position we're in now to 23 league games, one defeat, if we don't go up from there, then there is something seriously, seriously wrong. But you just never know. I said at the start of the season, I think I remember talking to you about it, that the league this year, is wide open. I think we said 14, 15 teams all vying for seven spaces. I think that's still true of maybe 11, 12 teams now as well. I mean, you guys are in a false position for me. You're only six points off the playoffs with a couple of games in hand. It could all change with the, with the odd good transfer here, the odd bit of uh, good luck or bad luck there. You just never know, do you? So, are Mansfield Town getting promoted this season? Two-word answer. We'll see. I'm going to go for a one-word answer, Craig, and, and that that one word is yes. So uh, there you go. Uh, Craig, great to chat, mate. I could I could have spit to you for hours about uh, football stuff, but, uh, you know, nobody bother listening after about 20 minutes. But So we'll leave it there. But uh, just before you go, give us the sales pitch one more time for uh, Mansfield Matters. Where can we find it? Oh, you can find it on all things social media, at MTFC Matters, usually YouTube and Facebook when we're, when we're live. So... Uh usually a Wednesday or a Thursday. Yeah, come and find us, come and join the conversation and uh, yeah, join in uh, all the fun. And I look forward to uh, seeing you up in uh, in Morecambe in a, in a few week, weeks' time. And typically, uh, knowing my luck, I've not been to away games for a, for a fair few months due to work commitments and other, other things here and there. But I'm going to Morecambe because it's my birthday weekend. So guess what's going to happen? It'll be a Morecambe win. You're welcome away. <laughs> well, we, well, of course, we hope so from our point of view. But uh, I think even if it is, Craig, I don't think it's going to derail you too much. I, I think you're going to be playing League One football next season. I, I think, as I said at the start of this conversation, you for me, and I'm not just saying it because I'm speaking to you directly, I think pound for pound, you, you, you are the best team we have played this season. It's as simple as that. Fingers crossed. Well, uh, all the best for the rest of the season, apart from, of course, our game a week on Saturday. Appreciate that, Craig. All the best, mate. Cheers. Every kick, every game, every goal. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.